Welcome to the Roll Down Podcast, hosted live on Twitch every Tuesday night. Now, here's your hosts, Cutler and Soul! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roll Down Podcast, a TFT podcast based primarily on growing the Oceanic and Southeast Asian region. I am proud, as always, to be joined by my co-host Sol. Sol, welcome to the show. It's, uh, it's good to be here after, after a week. Yeah, absolutely. A week off. We're uh, we're back. I am very proud to introduce our guest on this episode. Our world's preview involved talking to two North American players, and we are very, very grateful now to be able to talk to the Oceanic, one of two Oceanic representatives in the 2021 6.5 World Championships. TXE, Ron, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Uh, we want to get right into it. Uh, we want to make this like a, a pretty special, chilled out, quick fire, fast episode. Ron. Yeah. Eighth place. How did it feel? Um, probably the best eighth place I've taken. There <laughs> were a few bitter moments, but I can't really complain making it to day three. I want to ask, um, because of course you wrote a absolutely huge, monstrous twit longer about your experience at regionals, about the event itself. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind um, sharing some of the process that went into writing it, why you decided to write it. Was it to prevent being asked a thousand questions like we're about to? Um, not really. Uh... Initially, when I wrote it, or, like, planned to write it, um, it was after regionals, not, not after Worlds. Um, there were a lot of people that helped me out before regionals with um, just dealing with the things that were, like, stressing me out. And um, I guess I also thought, like, there were a few messages in the story that would have uh that would have came up for me which i think were like just good uh life lessons i don't know if like they really are but it's just they were eye-opening for me and it's just mostly an extended uh thank you letter to the few people involved yeah i'd love to i'd love to touch on that a little bit more you say that there is a uh, potentially, you know, there's a message in here. You talk a lot about mental health, mental strength, about the feeling of wanting to bounce back and and do good while also struggling with personal life and and busyness and and everything that that entails. Um, I guess I just wanted to know from from your perspective, was it a cathartic experience to write everything down about how you felt at the end of all of this? Um. Okay, so honestly, I had written up about 8,000 words by, I believe it was early morning Wednesday, Tuesday at that point. It was the third. Third would have been Tuesday. So afterwards, I had rest. I went to sleep again the next day. And, um, I just didn't really sleep on that Monday night, I think. I stayed up until like 8 a.m. Tuesday, just writing everything, but it wasn't all the emotional stuff. It was more the games all was fresh in my head. And um, for me, it was just like a refresh on what I should be thankful for, because um, firstly, I don't think that the world's run, or like even the regionals run happens ever without uh, the help from just like having people around because it's it's something I don't really talk about often to um, people not like the my inner friend group is I don't really have like um, local friends to visit or just like catch up with 
So a lot of my friends or like interactions are online strictly. Mm. Yeah. Um, is that generally, would you say a, a result of the pandemic overall, you think? Um, it definitely plays a part to it. There's like some history that, um, I'm just going to avoid explaining because it's a long story, but all you need to know is I moved to Queensland on my 12th birthday and it was a very bitter experience. A lot of bad memories just reside in Queensland. As someone that lives in Queensland, understood completely. <laughs> so I don't want to. I don't want to hog all the questions here. I'd love you to jump in and, and ask a couple as well. That's no, all good. Uh, I mean, I guess while we're on that topic, um, I mean, you talked a lot about it on your Tolonga, right? But um, yeah, you know, maybe not everyone's had the chance to read that. Um, who are like you know the people? I guess that it, you know that you'd feel like you'd want to shout out the most, I guess, the people, you know, the friends that you felt, you know, helped you the most, you know, sort of on your way on this journey to sort of where you've got now, right? Um, yeah. Um, the big, the, the major ones are the person that I didn't mention a bit longer, um, Sean, otherwise known as Fortune Chosen or Zero, and definitely Andrew, otherwise known as Neo Politician. Um, it's definitely mentioned there already. Um, I hopped into call. I don't really like, um, as of recent, I haven't really talked to Andrew much, like before regionals, after regionals and whatever, but, um, just been close friends for roughly the tail end of 2019 till now. I've known him since 2014 and it's just um, the notion of having a friend that's just like that understands that you're just feeling cornered. Like I didn't really say much when I joined Call on the day before regionals. I mean, the, the hours before regionals began, and I don't know. I don't think the the whole like Uber Eats part was um, the game changer, but it's just the act of friendship. Where he's like, I can't be there, but I can help still. Which really uh, just woke me up, really, from all the other shit that was like weighing down on me at that time. Great answer. Really great answer. I wanted to um, piggyback off that a little bit and talk about your actual preparation for the games. You know, you basically said during your longer in no uncertain terms that goal was make day three. That's it. Doesn't matter how we get there. Doesn't matter how scrappy it is. We just have to try our absolute best, make top eight. Do you feel like that was a, was that just always going to be your strategy going in, or did that sort of materialize when you were practicing for the event? Uh, are we talking about regionals or worlds? Oh, worlds. Sorry, worlds. Oh, I was playing like really shit in every one of the scrims. It was also like. A lot of the games I went into scrims, I'm playing comps that I'm like, I need, not need to learn, but I should try out and learn and test in Worlds lobbies rather than, oh, I should just play BF Sword, play Sivir, because mm. um, there's always going to be that one comp um, in the patch in a quote unquote balanced meta, which I don't know if you can call it a balanced meta, but it's um, there's always going to be that one comp, which is very easy to pick up, easy to play. And for some reason, it happened to be comp that I'd say is fairly similar to playing Kale from four, set 4.5, mm -hmm. which was definitely my favorite and most played comp overall, shortly followed by Felius, but that unit got gutted, so we all know how that went. <laughs> true. Yeah, very true. Um... You talked about a lot of priorities when it came to worlds. I guess, um, uh, you know, coming out of of regionals, did you expect? I, I don't want to say did you expect to make worlds, but what was that feeling like when you were getting closer and closer to worlds as the as the games were going on in OC regionals? Uh, finals day or yeah, finals day. The whole journey. The journey itself as well. I mean, 
you actually performed incredibly well for the first couple of days and right up until okay, um, the final game you made it through. Yeah, okay, so day one. Oh, check this. I'm pretty sure that um, day one, I took an eighth on the last game and it gave me flashbacks straight to um, set five. Where do you remember how the qualifying format was? Uh, oh, I don't quite, I don't fully remember it actually. All right, I'll, I'll touch you up. So it was. <laughs> Sorry, time. 64 slots only. I mean, 64 slots for MSI. That was the only way to qualify for set 5.5's regional finals. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. it was mm. minus 16 players every day. 16, 48, 32, oh, 60. Okay, right. And I just remember the final lobby, like the, the game six of day three, I played like redeemed or some shit, and I went eighth. And that eighth would be one point below Esher, who I would have beat by tiebreaker. And he went 16th out of 16th to make it to oh, regionals. Yeah. And I had flashbacks to that because day one, I went eighth. I had 25 points. And I'm just looking at my name, slowly going down. I think I was winning a tiebreaker or something. Oh, strength of schedule. That was the only tiebreaker I was winning. And yeah, I literally made it by one point, which was taking an eighth, I guess. But um, that was that was pretty bad because the start of the day, I, I did really well playing like Sefo only for some reason. Mm -hmm. And um, I was in Yusha's lobby for the first two games, and we all know how that went. He played some insane striker games. Granted, like. You can't deny there were high rolls, but he played them well. Hmm. I guess, like, while we're on that topic of, like, you know, really sort of close, nail-biting, you know, points, you know, like, making it through the cut, like, the cutoff and everything, right? I guess, like, I just have, like, a generic question that's probably been asked to death already <laughs> for, like, a lot of people. But I guess for you specifically, um, how do you sort of stay focused and not sort of let the pressure, you know, of these games sort of overwhelm you? And sort of take over, right? Because you mentioned that, like, you know, you started having these sort of flashbacks of, you know, last set, you know, when, when you didn't quite make it, right? So, how do you sort of not let it overwhelm you? How do you, like, try, you know, probably best to not let it affect your play too much? Um, okay, so for regionals, I don't think I was, like, fully focused and just, like, I didn't have my head in the game, like, fully. But, and I think it kind of showed because. I didn't. Ha I didn't have my camera on for uh, for worlds, right? But for regionals, I was just talking to chat between, like, during the games and shit. I was just like having fun and didn't think too much about it. I like. I still was focusing when I needed to focus and position when I needed to position. But for focusing, it's just like when you get there to like to the game at the time, you can't change anything that happens in that like. 30 to 40 minute uh 30 to 40 minute time bracket that you've got you've you've got to bring your a game there and like if, if you choke and you play something bad either you tilt you like oh i low rolled or i did this wrong and it just it just brings you into the next game or for what i did when i played a bad game is i look at like my board as i died and usually I remember a lot of the things I rolled fast during that game. So like, um, I don't know how many people actually like can remember the units they roll past when they're rolling down. But I'll, I'll have like a count like, oh, I rolled past uh, three Dravens, two, whatever. And I just, I just do a little tally is like, was there anything I could have done better? What could have my board potentially have been if um, I was given a little bit more time to play it? And if I'm still in a spot where it's like, oh, there's nothing I could have done, it's just like, go next. But if there's a spot where um, there is something I could have done, I use it as just like a mental note to go into the next game. If I'm in that same spot for whatever reason, or in the future games, mm -hmm. I'll take advantage of it. Yeah, sounds good. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's a really interesting way to think about it. I um, I want to ask you about the pre-worlds tourney. You said you were playing a lot of comps that you were really bad at or really wanted to learn in worlds caliber lobbies. Um, I don't want to really sugarcoat it, but I'll just say you played a lot of AP on those days, which I assume was something you weren't really comfortable with. Oh yeah, definitely. It shows on the finals day. Mm. And uh, that mock tournament. There's mocks post. I, I think I had like 14 points out of eight games where like that? 2.3 points per game average. Like that's how shit I played. And um <laughs> Honestly, I just I just took it as like if I'm going into walls with this while playing like okay, I didn't even like I, I'm pretty sure I did try and play a striker game in there twice. But it's like if I'm going into walls playing like this, what have I got to like lose if um I fuck up? Because I've already fucked up the first one. Right? And at that point it's like learn what I can about new comms. Granted, I don't play a lot of games daily. And what is the best and easiest like playstyle to mimic? And I'm pretty sure I had milk in like half, like a lot of my uh, scrim games. And every game has just got like two Zeeks, three Zeeks, or Zeeks, BF Sword, Irelia. And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck, I'm just starting uh, BF Sword and sending it. It's literally just moving a Sivir and Irelia, and maybe an Echo if you roll Frozen Heart. But I didn't, I didn't prioritize Frozen Heart that much. Things like crap. I guess like while we're on the topic, right, of like um, sort of playstyle and everything, uh, I guess like I'm interested to sort of hear your thoughts on you know, uh, sort of one tricking a comp, so to speak, uh, compared to like you know playing flex. I guess like specifically in this context um approaching like so your preparation right um did you go into it with the sort of mindset of like you know uh i'm gonna try and find a comp that i can just you know sort of force and perfect or did you initially approach it like i'm gonna try and sort of you know try to flex around a bunch of different things um i actually can't remember like what mindset was going into day one uh waltz but i played a strike game out of a 2-1 Merc natural game. I bolt, no, I can't. Four score at 3-3. It gave me like a Draven. I rolled at 7. I got a Sivir. I have four striker. I cashed out on the Sivir. I was like, fuck it. I'll just play Sivir. And I think I won that first game. Which was like, oh, sure. Striker looks piss. Like piss. Just get uh, Whisper. Double Zeeks. Maybe a Quicksilver. Maybe a Runans. And you're usually set from there as long as you hit what, Echo Blitz, Irelia, Sivir, Jinx, and a Braum, and then two other strikers. And you're set from that spot usually. Um, and I went the next game, I played Strikers again. Because I think only one game I didn't get BF Sword open, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you had a lot of BF openers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, definitely remember, I remember a lot of BF openers, yeah. Yeah, sure. I feel like in the game two, you played Darkstar. Is that right? Do I remember that correctly? No, day one, I played Strikers. I think day one was Sivir every game. I think day Sivir, three, Sivir, there was Sivir, a Darkstar game, I think. But yeah. Is that day three? Game four, was a strike, uh, game four was a Darkstar game. And I definitely misplayed that. I think I could have went nine that game. Like, looking at my SWAT, I was 4-2-40 gold. I was like, misplay. Just like a lack of um, how comfortable I am with that comp. And not really comfortable. It's just like, I had Yoro Econ. I had Dark Stars, like good items. I, there's no reason for me to roll eight. Just sack 40 health and go nine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to um, talk a little bit like more generally. Obviously, this is the set the patch the series set six six point five where you made it all the way to top eight of the world championships do you like set mm -hmm. six and set six point five honestly no <laughs> I, I i'm not gonna sugarcoat it here like <laughs> this set the whole of set six 
just piss me off for no reason. Like, if I slam the Hodge, you're pro I'm probably going bot four, playing a Kaiser or Jinx, right? And then 6.5 comes around, you can slam Hodge all of a sudden, but like all the carries that could use Hodge got nerfed or unplayable, which is like Raven. Um, the Hodge carriers. It was mostly challenges that could use Hodge to something. And then even then, it's just like you end up playing for like Heiser or Jinx as you pivot out to like actually win. Um, I didn't like the set six eighty carries as well, honestly, because Yone and Ergot just shared bits outside of like their defensive item. Yep. Yep. And you just roll down at eight. Whichever you hit two star first, you just like start pivoting like your frontline to accommodate for those units. And those like very few times you had like some strange variant where it's like um Tabura had a variant in I believe the Challenger series, he played six Challenger, six Bruiser. Fidone. It's like yeah. those like small inconsistencies with it. But for the most part, it's just like you get your cookie cutter builds, it's like six challenges, Yone, you have a Yumi, you have a Braum, and sometimes you high roll, you get eight challenge or whatever. <laughs> that was desperation mode. Um, and it's just, it's, yeah, there is, there is like really good flex players um, out there as shown at Worlds. Um, I definitely wasn't one of them. I, I just didn't have like the mindset, like, I went in, I went into day three, Civil Brain. Like I took Dolt Diff and then Pandora's and Civ off Carousel. Like my game plan was reset, just throw Built Diff out the window. Um mm -hmm. Is there anything else I missed out on? We're talking about just like how I felt about the set, right? Yeah, I guess yeah, I'd like, ask you I about the like, augments as well. Sorry, I saw. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the like, units in this set. I'll, I'll start of the units. Is just like, shit. Yeah. A, a lot of like your grievances, like a champion base, which I tend to agree with, right? Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, augments. There's times where it's just like, you just get really tilted seeing like what other people get for augments and what you're offered. And some games you just lose like one, two, maybe three placements because someone else got like an augment while they're lower health than you that like saves their ass. You get an augment that like is a detriment to you or just like nowhere near is like strong for the board that you're currently playing or that you're locked into because you got say a heart or an emblem early in the game. Your item stamps. Um, a good example of this is right. If in, in a meta where it's like Sivir's good, Renata's good, or like healing comps are good, and Sivir's also fine, if you get weak spot, you suddenly gain like two or three placements. As long as you've got enough health, you hit your board. If you don't hit that weak spot, and say, for example, you just have back foot instead, you suddenly just lose placements for no reason because you don't have this heal cut because you're not prioritizing your belts to be heal, uh, heal cut based. And it's just like, it's just a really shitty feeling sometimes. And it really showed, because, like, um, no, no flame to DQA. Like, I understand why he was really pissed off at me, hitting, like, Striker Heart every game, Weak Spot every game, um, <laughs> Striker Crown in one of the games. He was stuck with me for an entire day, just forcing Sivir. And in the final game where he's like, I need a first to make it to day, th uh, to day two, I hit Striker Heart once again at 2-1-4, and he had striker heart. And I just hard contested him. I went seventh, of course. <laughs> and he just went sixth because, like, I'm holding hands with him for items. And I'm always playing lower health than him because that's just how my playstyle is. Hmm. So, yeah. That's just yeah. my take on it. Fair enough. We spoke to a lot like of... A... Oh, sorry, Saul. Sorry, you go. No, no, no. It's, it's, you, you, you go. My question was going to be, we talked to, you know, Goose... In an episode previewing worlds, we talked to Appies in an episode previewing worlds, and these are quite established NA players, you know. And they talked a lot about sort of how to prepare for these kind of events. They also talked a lot about knowing what other regions are good at, what other players are good at. How did it feel like getting into a game 
with sort of all these world's caliber players did you sort of have kind of an inkling what people were going to play any like what people were strong at obviously like the na players are probably the easiest ones you know you already identified that milk's play style was something that you felt comfortable emulating so did you did you sort of know what everybody was going to play or have some idea in that regard oh um <laughs> understood Understood. uh no no i was fucking clueless uh, yeah, i went into those games i was just like i'm gonna do a little bit of homework on like what's happening in these games are they high rolling are they always playing for level eight roll downs are there any re-rollers and i was confident that ash is like a good comp in that patch well played ash outside of pva in the final and were there re-rollers i don't think there were there was the Megamin guy that played Twitch twice. I thought it was a little bit troll that he went back to back Twitch. That was okay. Um, no one played Ash. I played one game of Ash in the mock tournament. I definitely griefed that game by taking high five, pivoting out of the standard Ash board, and then playing like Galio, Braum, Force Snipers, and a Clockwork. But that was just more like I knew I was top forward in that spot. And I was like, okay, this this comp is good if you're in a spot to play. Because I hit Ash 3 at 3-5 three, that game. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I realized it's just like, you're very unlikely to be in a spot where it's just like, you can sack rounds, get your BIS, and play reroll. That's more what I was looking at when I was uh, playing with these players. Just analyzing, like, what can, like, what can you get away with? And if reroll, if you can't get away with reroll, just don't play it. You'll take eights, which are like impossible to recover from because all you can say is like I low rolled. I didn't hit my three star before stage four. That's that's how strong the boards are being played in worlds sometimes. Mm. I think like one thing that like you know one takeaway that I, I sort of get from like you know chatting to you after. Uh, have you after read it to longer as well, right? Is that like you very much like sort of went into worlds with a very clear like idea of like you know what a stable board looks like on stage three, what a stable board looks like on like what a what a good stage four board looks like, what a good stage five board looks like, right? And I feel like I saw that a lot in your uh, games where you were able to sort of uh, you know hold the line in certain spots where I think other players would have potentially rolled, um, which essentially you know it let you you know let you essentially cap out your board like higher. Then you know other you know other weaker players potentially would have in those spots. So yeah, which of that which I was very impressed with. So yeah. Um, do I add anything to that? Sorry. Do I add anything to that? If you want to. Oh no 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 no! That was more just like a, I just wanted to sort of add that. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, Thanks. I I think that like uh, it might be maybe it's time to talk a little bit about set seven potentially. Yeah, I think oh. so. We don't have too much info. I'll, I'll say this, by the way, guys. Like, at the time of recording this podcast, if you are listening to this later, the only thing that we've got regarding much of set seven is that we got a little preparedness video for it, a dev drop. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about it. I want to. I want to fi- put a sort of final closing on Ron's world performance, and just say. Uh, you know, ask you basically if you're planning on coming back and competing for, you know, running it back for the for the next World Championships for TFT. Uh, we'll have to see, because in the nature of this game, you will high roll on the day, and you will low roll on the day. If I low roll on the day, that it is what it is. But um, if I'm enjoying ladder enough, I will just hold top 15 once again. Get my points, get qualified, and continue at regional. Nice. Oh, yeah. Great. All right, let's talk a little bit set seven. So aside from the fact that we know what the um, overall theme is, which is dragons, and we're getting a bunch of special two unit taking up specialist dragons, we'll talk about that like at the end. What I want to talk yeah. about, first of all, for, for you, Ron, is that augments are coming back in set seven. How do you feel about Lovely. that? Lovely. Yeah. Um, 
I haven't seen any of this, like, well, I've seen, like, the Walkmans that have allowed us to see. They just don't make sense because it's like, sacrifice the Jade Totem. What does that mean? Um, yeah, they've added some very interesting ones. And if you take Sacrificial Pact, you are never making it to level 9. <laughs> Keep that as a note. Yep. Never making it to level nine unless you can get it at three three for whatever reason. That'd be pretty insane if you're hundred streak. Mm. Um, what are my thoughts on all back? Okay, if there's less generic type augments, say like knife's edge, battle mage, or like they they make it just like. Actually, no. Trait-related augments are the ones I'm going to be more concerned about. Because right now, it's just like, there are some comps that get unlocked by hitting specific augments. And there's some comps that just don't give a shit because they're just that good. That you can take all the generic augments. And it, it creates a, a thing where you're just like punished sometimes for playing certain comps. And then, like, there are people that can play flex really well, make the best out of most of their augments. Sometimes they just have to stack the augments, lose a few placements, and they'll take it on the chin. Um, for the most part, I hope there's like no augments that are just like, one for your game is decided, because you've hit yep. a, mm -hmm. an insane vertical augment, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. I feel like one of the things that they stamped out pretty quickly in set 6.5 compared to set 6 is that they just fucking got rid of so many of the, like, the vertical augments. Although, like, and, you know, for the first two or three days, Hextech was super broken. But they kind of, like, after that, they basically just nerfed Hextech into the ground and left the rest of the stuff the way it was, realistically. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot in chat talking about how it'll all be fine. Um, right. I, I think that, like, fine. yeah, I think that for me, it's like, I think I'd be really naive if I uh, hope that they're balanced or believe that they will be more balanced. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think TFT is inherently a very imbalanced game. Like, it's just, there's just so many moving pieces. Uh, what I do hope will be done better, and I have faith will be done better, uh, we'll see how wrong I am in a couple months, <laughs> is, uh, is actually the augment, uh, it's actually the algorithm that determines what augments you're allowed to even be offered, because, uh, I mean, even with this set, there's, there's a lot of, like, sort of head-scratcher ones where it's, like, uh, I don't really understand how, how it took them this long to, like, change it. Like, I, uh, the, probably the biggest example that I can think of is that Metabolic Accelerator was only just changed, literally, like, last patch, to only show up at 1-4. Like, that, that augment... Basically, into the entire set could show up at three three, and it's like, I I don't know who's taking this on three three. You know, I I don't know who's taking this on three three to heal like sixteen HP. So, uh, <laughs> uh, there's there's a lot of augments like that that are just like this set, like all of all of like set six and six point five that are just like real heads have been real head scratchers as to like how, you know, you're even allowed to be offered them, right? Like for example, you could be playing a full AD comp, and then all of a sudden like you're offered like. Like Archange, like Archangel and Brace plus like Battle Mage plus like some other like trash. And I mean, yeah, <laughs> I could go on forever. But um, yeah, that's probably my biggest hope that um, that that they um, they really eat, like smooth out the whole uh, the whole uh, augment you know algorithm. I I don't expect them to you know give you the perfect augment every time, but you know, uh, some of that you know just just should not be offered. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um. As Mari said, Knife's Edge with Sniper's active. That was something that they removed at some point. I just hope, like, uh, no, no flame to the dev team. Like, there's stuff that they do which is great. Stuff that they do which, you know, there's... It raises a few uh, heads sometimes. Um, who just, like, looks at these augments is like, yes, there are certain traits active. Like, certain things on your board. Let's offer... Or allow this to be in the game, yeah. especially for things like gold augments. Gold augments, I think, are the most swingy augments in the game. Yeah, you can argue prismatics, but to that extent, prismatics don't like up until they had to nerf all of the twin shot augments, or like mostly the sharpshoot in this case. There were no prismatic augments in the game 
which directly altered how a trait works. Mm. Like sharpshooter, hex nova, etc. Yeah. And um the gold augments are really sweet in that case, because you would turn Sivar, which was like an okay comp. Like not not in world's patches, but like just as an okay comp to pretty much the best comp in the game, just off of hitting um what's the, what's the augment called? Concussive blows. Yeah. Concussive you just stun the whole enemy team for like a gold augment. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And on that same vein, you could get like knife's edge, which you know, brief your positioning, do a bit more damage. Not a good trade-off. For sure. Yeah, as you mentioned, I think it would be really nice if they actually focused on... And they said this about spats as well in their retrospective. Um, that spats, basically, for this whole set, did nothing. They didn't change the way the game played. They didn't change the way a character did things. And I think that's one of the most fun reasons to have spatulas in the game, is to be able to fundamentally change the way units behave totally unavailable to anything in set six you know very useless it's like oh you put a chem tank spat on a tank and it gets a bit of health regen or you put a you know you put a sniper emblem on oriana and your oriana doesn't move and does a little bit more damage that's nice but there's no change to the way that oriana plays or brom would have played with a chem tank spat so i really hope that they invest a lot of their augment energy into actually changing the way the board works in a lot of ways because otherwise it's just like the same shit it's really boring mm. it would be really boring to do another six months of augments that don't do anything except make your board a little do a bit more damage yeah um i believe was, was in the dev drop or or something they mentioned they wanted to do something more on transformative emblems and mm. bachelors yep which Really not present in sets five, where strike is just like a death blade. Um, Chemtex just DR for just a little bit. Region. Yeah. Um, Arcanus is just a death cap. Like yeah. Yeah. So mm. I I and then, then you ended up with Challenger, which was like kind of interesting. The mm. Challenger is like a trait wasn't like really good ever, outside of yeah. like playing Warwick, and that didn't really provide you much outside of attack speed. That wasn't really transformative. Uh, leaving only assassin, like you could only really justify playing like assassin Irelion. Well, the yeah, well, she the, synergized the with, with um, traits so much. The problem with sin, like just in most of six point, in most of sexes, is they just haven't been very good many like since about holders, right? Um, I mean, for better or worse. I mean, flashback to sin fiddle. <laughs> That's pretty unbalanced, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, for better or worse. <laughs> in yeah. Uh, uh, Ron, I want to ask you. You mentioned loving to play Kale. You mentioned loving to play Ophelios. You know, you've top aided this World Championships playing predominantly Sivir. I'll say, you know, it's pretty reasonable that you like a backline carry. What is something that you're like hoping for out of the new set? If you could like pick, uh, like a a cool backline carry, like a cool unit or something like that, that you would be looking forward to. Very specifically? Yeah, it was, oh. you know, generally or specifically. So it's like, um, all, all those three carries share in common, they attack a lot, very quickly. Mm. You build Zeeks, you build bows on them, and they generally just do very well. Um, which just leaves Jin like, as a do not like unit, because he, you know, his theme was always attack at a fixed rate. Um, I haven't seen what the whole roster for set seven is. The only AD carry that I saw in that roster was Varus, and he just uses his bolt. So I'm not too sure what I'm, I'm looking for. But uh, please, no Ogot. Just I don't. I don't <laughs> want a three range bruiser like range carry. It doesn't make sense. Interesting. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Just, mm. just anything that attacks fast is. I'll, I'll assert that, like, Urgot would have been, like, 10 million times more interesting and fun if um his ability was more like his league ability, which is, like, he fires, like, slower, like, slug-like, like, shotgun rounds, 
instead of like the the the, the endless like Gatling gun, if that makes sense. Um, so like it could have been, yeah. I feel like that would have been a lot more interesting for his identity. But it, 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 at least in six point oh, it, it felt like it, it really felt like a almost like a budget like five point five Lucian that that just like uh, only yeah. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Oh god, it's just since since they're like they're using League as a mold for their game, right? But they still change elements of the user. They can like add interesting things to it. Like say for Ergot, he his kit works as you know a bruiser that executes in League. And what they could have done is added the execute part to his kit, but not use it as his ulti. It's more like Upon executing an enemy, a passive proc happens, you know, the shotgun needs, something like that. Where it's just like they transform a bit of their kit to just like add some flair to the unit rather than just machine gun. Yeah. I think we're also uh, getting to the point now, like, you know, it's been a while since I've like properly been invested in League of Legends. But we're into the seventh set of TFT with like units that have come back three, four, five times. I'm not going to say that they're running out of ideas, but there's only so much left that they can directly steal from League to make it new and exciting. You know, there is not a lot of time left to use every single ability in this game. You know, Vayne will probably always be sort of I mean, vain, that's the thing you though know? but that's the thing okay but like my counterpoint to that though is that like they haven't used the different abilities for a lot of champions that they've reprinted like a lot of champions that are reprints literally have been reprinted with the exact same ability though so i mean i mean some have been different but yeah some have all, like uh, yeah i don't know <laughs> i can't think of exact examples but like in theory the 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 combinations are quite like a lot, right? Like, it's finite, but there's a lot of combinations, right? Like, four abilities plus a passive, and, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. I I, I guess, like, my point is, like, I don't know if necessarily, like, they, there's, like, a lack of material in the bank. More so, like, I, I feel like they they just they just keep seeing me they just keep bringing back the same abilities over and over again for some reason. <laughs> true, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go on a limb here and say it's a lack of creativity. Yeah. Apart, like, there are a lot of to... things that they could be doing. Um, I'm not sure exactly what they're doing with Lee Sin in this set. Apparently, he's an assassin. Yeah. The Sin. Yeah. He has his E. And he he's was like also apparently a five cost. Yeah. But then there was a gold augment that gave you Lee Sin. So I don't know what happened to that. Maybe he's a three cost now. Um. One one thing they could have done with him is. As an assassin, a five-cost assassin, it becomes a soft reprint of Ikali and Yone, both the five-cost variants. You know, he he casts E, all marked targets now are gonna get hit by a Q every yep. time he gets twenty mana, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, just anything interesting like that. It's, yeah, for sure. They can do a lot of things to transform a unit to have multiple abilities. To just make them more fun to play. not play, but just watch. Because that's the same mm. We're just watching an auto battle battler. Yeah, once the round ticks down, we got nothing left to do. We're just watching to see if it all works out. You know? Um really uh, the final point that I wanted to bring up when it came to these leaks that we got is that four six or raptors is changing. We are getting a very different way to receive our final items, and we don't have the exact information on what it entails, but they talk about it being a chest where you're able to pick out of a few different options, or I believe they said spend a bit of money to refresh it once and then just have to take what you got from that point. Is yeah. that right? Am I remembering that correctly? I'll start um, yeah, with you. Yeah, they said uh, they will offer you the last, like, it's just the, the Raptors equivalent, and you pay one gold if you don't like what's in there. Pop it. Yeah, what are your thoughts on changing the way that we receive items in TFT, Ron? Um, okay, so variants is always going to be part of the game. They're, they're never dropping out of variants. It's stupid that like you can get 
uh, 10 gold, two components, Krogs. And then the next game, you can get uh, six gold, one component, or nine gold, no component, Krogs. The next. Mm. And it's just like, where the fuck did they decide this was a good thing? That, like, yep. in the same lobby, this can happen. Um, I don't think they changed the variance of that, but um, I do believe they want to make Raptors feel a bit better as they're turning back from um, set five. Because uh, you remember the shock that everyone had when all of a sudden you get to Raptors, you don't drop anything. Yeah, you, like, you get like, item. Or you get like yeah. six gold, and you're just like, oh, yeah. my game's fucked. Because I've just got like an open component for no reason, and um, I think that's like a good way to introduce back like what they've taken away from the players in set five. Which, yeah, that was pretty shitty. But I guess it was nice to get more of your items by four one. It just made the four six carousel. I mean, four 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 carousel seem very redundant. At that point, you just you have like one component open, you take your component off 4-4, four, four, and you're left with that item usually. Don't even think about Raptors in set yeah. five. Yeah. It's it's a good it's a good push in the right direction, I think. Or they could have added two more components to set five. Mm, sure. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that pretty much covers most of the set seven stuff that they revealed so far. I mean they're committing to changing a lot of stuff about double up, which I think is probably for the best as well. I mean, I think if you want people to play double up, the least that they could do is make it have the the actual ranking system, which is what they're doing. So, I mean, there you go. So, was there anything else out of the um, dev talk uh, that was interesting to you? No, I think that's like pretty good. I think like we mostly covered everything. I think that like the one thing we didn't really talk about is the. The super mega dragon units that cost like 10 million gold. But I think that that one we can maybe save for a future discussion. And I think that that one, like, it's like if we were to talk about it, we talked for quite a bit and it'd be a lot of speculation. So there's going to be like, there's like a lot of context on that one, if that makes sense. So, like, a lot of context on like how powerful it's really going to be, how we can evaluate it, and stuff like that, right? So, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's good for Zetan. Yeah, sweet. Well, this is the part of our show where we move on to questions. So if you guys have any questions uh, in the chat, feel free to ask them. But of course, we always give priority to the people who ask questions in our Discord. So I will hand it over to Sol now to uh, to chat away. We got a couple of really good questions for Ron, I think, here. Cool. Uh, all right. So first question is from Tycoon. Uh, uh, do you believe the original series prepared you appropriately for the championship tournament? Uh, if not, what would you like to see changed? Okay, so this is from Tycoon. I just, I just want to get to uh, read the context on it so it's easier for me to respond oh, yeah. to it. Um, and there's a there's an extra bit at the end of it as well. Um, yeah. Um, so, honestly, the production from the OC team was really good. I was like, nice, our tournament's kind of like going smoothly. Um, and there weren't any major complaints from it. Um, yeah, sometimes we've got the screenshot, but that's fine. Did it prepare me for championship tournament? It's such a strange question to answer because honestly, the organizers for the, the world's championship were A, diff, a lower standard, I guess, to that extent. Um, they, they sent us an email 70 hours before Worlds began, but we aren't allowed, like, we weren't able to act upon anything in the email until 48 hours before the 50, 50 odd hours before the tournament. And then that was when the patch hit on live servers. <laughs> so we had to end up asking them. Can we download Tournament Realm 2 and Tournament Realm 5? And what happened was he responds to us with this, this might be like a little too much information for. I don't know. Um, anyways, what ended up happening was we get responded with 
please refer to the rules for the download link to the Honor Realms. Later on, I'm just I'm I'm clearly frustrated at this point because like I already asked like two times, can we get the download links? Um KMP also speaks up, it's like where in this document, and then Arrows a screenshot of heart, and it's like, is this where it's meant to be? And eventually we come to the conclusion they have a different document altogether with the actual links to the tournament realm. <laughs> and oh shit. Now we've <laughs> lost like three hours of practice <laughs> on like where I'm just like, I just want to sleep at like at least midnight. So I just like I was like a little bit upset at them, but it's like it, it, there's just a lot of miscommunication, right? Um, overall, the production was like seamless after that. Yeah, as long as we have like a week's prep for the tournament, for the logistics of the tournament, like. The Discord that we're going to, because we didn't even get the Discord. It was like it was so vague that we had to join a Discord. That I joined like when it was forty out eight hours before the tournament. And yeah, um, that, that was just a bit of a rant more than I, I needed to get that off my chest. That that pissed me. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Lost <laughs> scrims with casted. Um, to tag on to that final bit of uh, Tekken's question, uh, if you were to compete in the championship again, what would you do differently to prepare? Is there anything? Or rather, like, would you do anything differently? As, as a player? Yeah. Um, there were a few lessons learned as far as, like, mental prep. And it's like, if I want to, like, feel good, like, feel mentally relaxed before the tournament just don't spend time with people that like make my blood boil it's just i don't know like how long it's been since i've been that pissed off at like uh, like people like certain people but it's just it's just a bad headspace to be in just end up like getting pissed off at them they don't even realize it because they're just like doing their own thing and it's just like believe in yourself trust yourself do what you've practiced and if it doesn't work out either they play better on the day name a few well, i don't think i ever named them to you Murray, but um just just do what you practice show up on the day and if it doesn't work out just remember you're playing tft like you probably just low rolled if like <laughs> you really deserve to be in what well, like that tournament. You probably just low rolled at that point. It's just TFT. What's the what's the live by? <laughs> um question from uh Maxi Von Bloke. Uh what was your favorite and least favorite part of Worlds? And what surprised you the most? Oh shit, I already covered this. Least favorite part of Worlds. Um yes. What surprised me the most? Well, I don't think it's really surprised that like these are the hardest lobbies I've ever played in. But it's also surprising that the the, the disparity of like the points sometimes on on some of the days is just it's insane because like um, I believe it was day two, one of the players that was rated fairly high from EU, Unneed. He did something that was just like, this gameplay is not legal for like a a player at Worlds, right? Now it's it's not like a full on bash on the player, but just think of the concept of you take Future Sight, you've made Frozen Heart Echo, and you put the Zephyr on your Echo. You all of a sudden. <laughs> A Zeph <laughs> given the option to Zephyr they carry or Frozen Heart they carry instead of both. And it's just like Did this guy just play like Wake Up on Tilt today or something? And he ended up exiting the tournament at um let me just I need to have a look. Like he, he ended the tournament sixteen out of sixteen. Um I'm sure he plays good, but 
he did not he did not wake up on the right side of the bed that day. Played very badly. Apologies if uh offended. You're good. <laughs> Sorry. Day two standings, unneed eight six six seven seven eight. Like he, he did not wake <laughs> up on the day. He was I mean that's that's probably what happened, right? Yeah, like yeah, not to not to shit on him too much, but uh, or shit yeah. on him too much, but I mean, it'd be like that sometimes. I think sometimes. it's it just shows that like no matter who you are, no matter what kind of player you are, no matter how like high rated you are in your region or globally, you can still show up on the day and be flustered and just fuck mm. every single game up. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like probably the the most important takeaway from that, right? Is that you could literally be anyone and you could still just like crash on the day like so yeah yeah um uh all right cool uh question from um rival um this one might be like kind of kind of vague kind of hard to properly answer i guess but um how would you describe the sort of feeling of having you know an entire community and region support you throughout the entire event uh worlds that is yeah um i'm sorry i didn't stream day one (laughs) honestly like Going into the tournament, like bef- days before the tournament, every day I'd either wake up, be depressed, as the word to describe it, depressed, just like unhappy, or just feeling like mentally in the dumps. And there'll be days I just feel like kind of normal, kind of good, which was like my regular. And I was like really worried going into the tournament for that, which is why I didn't stream. But I have a feeling of having a whole uh, community region. Okay, so day two, I opened up my stream. I just had like a 30, 40 minute chat with everyone in the stream. And, you know, I was just getting relaxed and um, didn't really need, need to mental prepare at that point. Because the, the most important thing for was that wait time when I wake up until tournament starts, that, that, that sucks. So I was trying to sleep as late as possible. Um, having like seeing all the people that I have talked to like briefly in the past or to see in Twitch chat and other people's streams just like popping up saying hi good luck um, it, it means a lot like our region is amongst the smallest probably like a little bit uh, probably bigger than like Japan but that's about it and seeing all the support, granted, we were, we had a good time slot. Like everyone was wait, awake. Um, yep. It just means a lot because, like, when your region is the loudest in chat and the smallest as well, it's it just like it's something that you can't really explain. It's overwhelming. And yeah, it made me feel bad that um, I had to exit day three like that on a bit of note where like I was pissed off at myself. I was pissed off at the game and all I could really do was just put up a front and say, congratulations, Zidoro, and raid the mainstream. Yeah, the aftermath of that was a very bad comeback. Yeah, thanks, thanks to like literally everyone. Uh, like just just in chat spamming random copy parts and shit. So that like you know I'm sure you've, you know you've already heard this like ten million times already, right? And I can only imagine that you know how tough it was for you when that tournament ended, right? But um you know like your day one performance was incredible. Day two performance is great. Like you know you really did the region. You, you did our region really really proud. Um, I, I don't think I don't think there's anyone honestly like out there in OCE that like you know isn't sort of isn't proud you know of like your run isn't like you know isn't like sort of happy you know with the way you played or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you have plenty of people already say this to you, but I, I mean for the sake like I'll just say it again, right? But like yeah, you, you did really really great. Thanks. Um. um <laughs> Yeah, that's, and, uh, I mean, I yeah, totally agree sorry. with you. So, I mean, one of the most enjoyable things about what we get to do here is that, like, we're building a little community with inside the OC community. 
you know, and we had 10, 12, 15 people in a call all watching you in games, you know, like when you weren't streaming on day one, we're jumping across to like the Spanish broadcast just so we can find your games, just so we can see how you're going. We're, you know, we're jumping over to some random guy's street, like one random like Chinese guy's stream on the Chinese stream app that's not available on Twitch just to see if we can find your game, you know. Mm. Uh, we're watching DQA, you know, just to find find you to watch how you're going. And that's really what this community is all about, you know. It's like supporting each other and doing everything we can to to be a part of be a part of the journey. So yes, I mean I echo everything that Sol said. We we couldn't be any prouder. Yeah. And uh I think to close out the QA, we got a bit of a four fun question. Um, you know, Fan, fans of Ron uh, 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 out there will know that he has, a, he has a ritual that he performs in between games. Maxi Bomblog wants to know, do you pee in the same patch between every game, or do you spread the love? Okay, this, this, this might be a little bit longer than like expected as an answer. <laughs> um, yes, I piss on the same spot like every single day. Um, out the back, we have like balcony kind of thing, but w- without like a fence, right? It's just like a one meter drop. That was like two staircases around. Um, yeah, it's, there's, there's pretty much no light there because I just never bothered turning on the, the backlight. Just had the kitchen light on, walk outside, um, piss on the same patch of grass. That patch of grass is, I'm pretty sure, longer than everything else in the, in the garden. And, um, what I didn't mention was, I think it was, which day was it? Six, yeah, it would have been day two. Leave after game Thursday. I was like going out to do, do the usual. So like we have random pot plants, and I use them as quote unquote visual indicators for where the staircase was because there's no there's no fencing, right? Right, right. And I use this pot plant as the the guideline for where this this staircase was, and apparently it was like about. I don't know, an arm's length off. And I just stepped off the balcony, thinking I was about to step on a staircase. I just fell all the way down. And thank God, like, the cement oh, block yeah. at the bottom of the staircase was, like, yeah. not where I fell. So I just, like, kind of grazed shit, my yeah. foot. Thank and God. I didn't land I didn't land in the patch of piss, thankfully, as well. Um. <laughs> anyways, I had to, like, right. end up changing my shirt because it was just... It's it's not piss, trust me. Um, but the grass is all wet mm-hmm. because of rain and dew. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I kind of felt my left or right. Pretty sure it's my right foot, kind of hurting for like the rest of that day. Well, I will say one thing. Nice. That's definitely the greatest answer we've ever got on this entire <laughs> Yeah, after, after I fell down, I had to. I, I moved that pot to line up with the with the staircase. In twenty five episodes, we've never got an answer to a question being yes. Obviously, I piss in the same spot every time when I go outside. <laughs> that is so good. That, that, is, that is good. Um, look, right. guys, that's pretty much going to do it for the episode tonight i want to first of all say a big thank you to soul my co-host for being here uh, as always 25 episodes are really um a really nice little nice little milestone to get to yeah 25 eps pretty crazy pretty 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 insane how far we come but yeah it's been really fun uh, guys, obviously, the most important shout-out here is to Ron, to TXE. Ron, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I want to give you this chance to, um, for anyone that hasn't heard of you or doesn't know where to find you, to uh, to let them know. Oh, I'm not streaming, though. Oh, just in general. Where to find you on Twitter or on Twitch. Whatever or... you want to plug. You Whatever you want to plug. If you I want to plug anything, so. you don't want to. I mean... <laughs> well, uh, I might stream Challenger Series or Regionals. Are you... I might stream the start of the set. Um, just plug your fuck up, shop shoot. Damn, two non-streamers yeah, asking I guess, about like, plugs. I don't know who even is here that doesn't know about my channel at this point. 
But yeah, you can just follow me here. Yeah, yeah. you can find me at Slurpee's channel. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, nice. I'm taking a one month break from TFT because, like, it, it's not about like whether I deserve it or not. It's just kind of want to just take a step back and think about things. TFT, like, the the month before was just taking up a lot of time for me, and yeah. Time mentally and time just like in general. I didn't play that much as well. That's the worst part. I didn't play much. I didn't even like progress much in uni. I can only focus one thing at a time. So probably be taking a step back on TFT, but what features talk about. Right. About League. I haven't played a single game since World Shocks. Definitely a much deserved break. Either way. <laughs> Guys, uh, well, All that's right. going to do it for the episode. So on behalf of myself and Sol, I'd like to say thank you all for listening. Uh, you guys can stick around for the post show where we introduce next week's guests. Uh, and for our audio listeners, if you um, didn't see it in our Twitch channel, you can find Ron at twitch.tv slash TXE underscore. Um, so for myself, for... Soul and for Ron. Thank you so much for listening to the Roll Down Podcast, and we will see you guys. Next time.